Welcome to the Bioinnovation Spotlight at Life Science Org, where we shine a light on the next big thing. I'm your host, Dr. David Kirk, and I'll be talking to the people behind early stage translational life science across Europe, whose innovative research today may be the blockbusters and game-changing technologies of tomorrow. This podcast is produced for Life Science Org, a community where European life science CEOs, founders, and investors can connect, share, and engage with each other. Life Science Org members get exclusive early access to these episodes, as well as a network of their peers, weekly expert talks, and insightful sessions with other leaders in life science. Join the conversation at www.lifescienceorg.com. In this week's Bioinnovation Spotlight, I'm joined by Dr. Gunvai Grodeland, who leads a research group in immunology and adaptive immunity at the University of Oslo in Norway. Her work is on the development of a DNA vaccine platform that targets both the antigen and the immune system itself. DNA vaccines are simple to manufacture and safer than traditional vaccines. They aim to be more efficacious with the additional capabilities associated with targeting. That means you can deliver more vaccines with less material. Gunvik, thank you for joining me on the show. It seems that there are many big advantages to using a DNA platform. Can you tell me a bit more about your project and how you're using this technology? We have essentially developed a, a novel vaccine platform that we hope can be of use for remedying the next pandemic threat. You know, conventional vaccines have some limitations. Firstly, a lot of them, particularly those against viral uh, diseases, are based on the virus itself which means that the production is often dangerous, it's cumbersome, it's problematic. Uh, and secondly, when using the whole virus uh, in the vaccine, uh, you have the problem that you can't really decide what type of immune responses are formed. So therefore, the world kind of moved into subunit vaccines where you can decide which part of the virus the immune responses should be uh, against. But for the past 20, 30 years of development of subunit vaccines, it has been a problem that these are not so efficient, which means they typically have not been able to raise strong enough antibody uh, responses for protective immunity in humans. Uh, and I now have to emphasize that when I say subunit vaccine, I actually mean any vaccine where you present only a part of the virus rather than the whole structure. So subunit vaccine for me means both DNA, mRNA, and proteins. I think 15 years ago, the lab of uh, Bjarne Bogen here at the uh, University of uh, Oslo developed a uh, vaccine molecule where subunit antigens were stirred directly towards the most relevant antigen-presenting cells. So this vaccine was developed firstly for use against cancer. And then, well, when I started working here, we uh, moved into also infectious disease. So the aim at present is that we will be able to develop new vaccines consisting of an antigen that we steer specifically to the most relevant cells of the immune system for induction of rapid and protective antibodies against a virus. Yeah, I feel that we've learned so much about vaccines in the past year. You mentioned subunit vaccines there. Uh, is the issue that these traditional vaccines aren't specific enough? Yes. So the problem is specifically the efficacy of subunit vaccines, as well as the ability to induce a particular type of immune response. 
So uh, the antigen presenting cells, so the immune system, they are well a group of kind of diverse cells, and uh, they have different receptors. Some of them are unique for a particular cell type. For example, the X01 uh, receptor is unique for cross-presenting dendritic cells, but more commonly, uh, receptors are shared between different types of antigen-presenting cells. It can be, for example, chemokine receptors or other molecules that are signifying antigen-presenting cells. And so what we are doing is that we are choosing either a ligand for, for example, chemokine receptors or uh, a single-chain FV specific for a receptor on uh, antigen-presenting cells. And then we are linking that targeting unit to an antigen from a virus and then using that as a vaccine where the targeting moiety will deliver the vaccine to the selected cells. That's amazing. So it's delivering the antigen and a presentation method as well encoded in the DNA. Where do you see this technology in a year's time? Yeah, well, you know, first of all, we are in the middle of the SARS-CoV-2 pandemic. And then the first question should be, well, where's this vaccine strategy in this uh, scenario? And the thing is, we are presently wrapping up preclinical testing. Hopefully, we would have been kind of a year ahead of that, but we're not. So because if we were a year ahead, we could actually potentially have contributed to solving of the present corona pandemic. So where I hope we will be in 12 months is that we uh, will be finalizing then a phase one clinical trial that can offer proof of principle for this concept in humans. That's the 12-month aim now. I'm feeling good about it. It's uh, something that I have been working on for a long time. And the uh, results that we have now, both in uh, mice and ferrets and pigs and the rhesus macaques, are very promising. And actually demonstrating that after a single DNA vaccination, for example, with this targeting moiety, we can have induction of uh, neutralizing antibodies and protection against the viral disease. So that is very competitive in terms of efficacy. So, of course, I have high hopes for this uh, as a solution that can benefit the different subunit formats for the future. Do you think the mRNA vaccines have made the landscape easier or more difficult now for developing your DNA vaccine? Both, probably. First of all, they are really good. And I'm so happy that we have so uh, efficient vaccines against the SARS-CoV-2. That will will solve the thing for the future. So I'm really happy that uh, we now have kind of the breakthrough of mRNA vaccines, in particular now with the SARS-CoV-2 pandemic. Uh, But these vaccines are efficient. In the absence of my targeting moiety. Uh, So that is, of course, you know, a challenge. So then I will have to demonstrate that for the future, we can really have a dose uh, reducing benefit from uh, using this targeting moiety. And if we had had that in place, then we could potentially have vaccinated a larger number of people with the same amount of mRNA or DNA or protein present as we have uh, right now. So that would be the strength of uh, my strategy. Tell me. What inspired you to get involved in research and medicine initially? Well, uh, I think research uh, can, of course, be good for research itself, but it's even better if you can apply it for the benefit of uh, the population. So for me, uh, to get into this project was to combine interesting research with actually something that uh, might be used in the population. And that combination, I think, is cool. 
why did you found this as a company, Gunvaig, and not just license out your technology? Oh, the challenge. You know, it's a lot of hard work, but uh, challenges are fun. And going into the unknown, which it would to a large extent be for me, <laughs> there's nothing more fun. <laughs> I have now been working with this uh, vaccine for over 10 years. It's kind of hard to let go. <laughs> it must feel a little bit like your baby, you know, you want to see it grow up and get out in the world. As you do that, what are the values you're going to be looking for in taking it forward? Yes, uh, I think uh, we have now learned a lot from the uh, ongoing SARS-CoV-2 uh, pandemic. And one of the things we have been reminded is that vaccination is something that needs to take place globally in order to solve uh, the situation. So going forward, that is the perspective I would like uh, my future partners to have which also means that we have to find a way of making the vaccine available for the global population, making it cheap, making it uh, independent of a cold chain. There's a lot of prerequisites we have to solve in order to actually protect the population at large. And I really believe we have to go there if we are going to prevent a pandemic. We have to think internationally, globally. Excellent. Thank you so much, Gunvike, for coming on and talking to us about your DNA vaccine platform. And who knows, this might be <laughs> the saving technology for the next big pandemic. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> if you are an early stage life science company or translational project ready to spin out and you're based in Europe, you can get on the show by going to lifescienceorg.com forward slash bioinnovation. You can get future episodes at lifescienceorg.com Thank you all for listening and see you next time.